All right, tonight let's take our Bibles and turn to Romans chapter number 3. Book of Romans chapter number 3. We've been taking a look at the Apostle Paul giving arguments that he knew would be coming from his Jewish uh, brethren, the, those that were Jews, nation of, of, of Israel, concerning this matter of their righteousness versus the righteousness of the heathen. Now, they knew the heathen were just a bunch of heathen. Amen. They, did. they knew they were sinners. And they thought they were better. And Paul is giving, has given the argument in chapter 1 regarding the Gentiles, chapter 2 regarding the Jews, and in chapter 3 he basically is... Uh, Countering, knowing that they're going to say, well, what advantage is there to being a Jew anyway? We looked at the matter of advantages being advantageous or not. And, of course, the Jews did not make their advantages advantageous. Uh, and they really couldn't because they're sinners, just like, just like the heathen were. They, they were just like the Gentiles. They needed Jesus. And Jesus was going to come. And He did come. And let's take a look at verse number 9. And here's the conclusion. Tonight we look at the conclusion about sin. And uh, we know that sin is a universal problem. That's the conclusion. He says, what then? Uh, Are we better than they? Now notice that Paul includes himself in that. Are we, talking about Jews, are we Jews better than, than the Gentiles? No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. We'll pause reading there. We'll read some other verses here in a little bit. But the Jewish objection to what Paul had to say up to this point is this. Aren't we who at least try to live by the law better than those Gentile heathens who don't? See? The Jews thought, well, you know, at least we're giving it a shot. Yeah, they gave it a shot, but they failed miserably, didn't they? They just did. Uh, and Paul's like, him, no way, you're not, we're, not, we're not in better shape. And, and why? He says because both are proved in chapters 1 and chapter 2 to be under sin. Uh, under its dominion, we're under its dominion, under its power, and under its authority. When we were born into this world, we were under the dominion, power, and authority of sin. And, in, and because of that, we were under its curse. Because we could not fulfill the law, because we could not do the law, uh, the law stated the curse, and that curse was death. Under it, We were under its control too. We were trapped, being forced to serve sin and not God. God declares that there is none righteous, no, not one. The need then is not to get under a church roof, but rather under the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? And the effect of sin is that since Adam, sin has tainted and stained just about every aspect of our lives. We know it, don't we? We know it by experience. So like a dye injected into a body for an x-ray, you know, it just permeates your body. And you can feel that warming as they put that dye in there. If you've ever had that done, you can feel that warm sensation all through your body. Uh, and what sin does is it permeated us like that. Um, and it, because it permeated us, it condemned us. Uh, and so the concluding indictment is all are under 
sin there in verse 9 what then are we better than they no in no wise we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin now no exceptions there are no, are no exceptions to the rule except the Lord Jesus Christ of course he was not under sin because he was born of a virgin amen we're getting to that season aren't we we're going to be talking about the virgin birth here before long. We've got to get past Thanksgiving first, though. Amen. Now, we, we, it's, it's a good time to talk about the virgin birth anytime. Because this is the reason why Jesus could die for our sins. It's the reason why Jesus had no sin. It's, it's because He was not in Adam. Uh, he, he had no sin. And so, there no, as far as those that are in Adam, no exceptions. No excuses. The best thing to do is not argue with the evaluation, but rather accept the evaluation. That's basically what uh, what Paul was arguing here, uh, that he knew what was going to be coming from the Jews, because he, being a Jew, knew how the Jews thought. Um, we see the evidence for this conclusion is uh, found in verses 10 through 18, uh, and, and it's observable proof. Note that it is written evidence that is given as in any court of law there in verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. The written evidence of it being, of us being in transgression is, hey, the law stands against us. There, you know, when you are uh, out uh, uh, driving on the road and uh, you know, you ease that gas pedal down, you get over the speed limit and you see those blue lights uh, 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 coming on behind you, you know you're in trouble. Why do you know that you're in trouble? You know you're in trouble because there's a law that says you're only supposed to be doing this fast right here. And when you exceed that, uh, it, there's written evidence against you that you have violated that. Verse 10 says, As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. Let's take it, and I hope you'll turn with me. Look at uh, Psalm 14. And we, we, we could not only turn to Psalm 14, but uh, you could write this down. Or actually, if, if you've got a center reference Bible, it's in your margin there uh, with uh, verse number 1 telling you uh, to, to go from, from, verse, from verse 1 to verse 7 is the same as Psalm 53, verses 1 through verse 6. Okay? So they're, they're pretty much, I mean, it's almost word for word. It's not precisely word for word, but the thought... It's thought for thought there, at least, and mostly word for word, and some of it is word for word. But we see what it says here, The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, they have done abominable works, there is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Now listen, the Jews should have known this. I mean, the Old Testament scriptures were part of what they had. And they were, they were the, the ones who... Uh, who should have known the the uh, 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 the manifest of, of of what it was saying against that there's no uh, none none of us that are righteous and it condemned us but uh, in the Jewish thinking they, they thought well that's not written for me 
You know, uh, have you ever maybe had a thought about when a preacher got up and preached a certain passage of Scripture and the Holy Spirit was trying to get it applied to your heart and you just said, no, that's not, that's, that's not applicable to me, you know? Uh, well, basically, that's what the Jew would do. Look at the Isaiah chapter number 59. Isaiah 59, and I want us to uh, take a look at here at uh, uh, some evidence against the Jew. Uh, of course, Isaiah was a, a prophet to the, the Jew, and uh, he's talking here about uh, the wicked, talking about uh, uh, them not doing right. Isaiah 59, verse number 1, Behold, notice, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities, now he's not talking about some heathen, he's talking about his people, your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, and your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath muttered perverseness, none calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity, and speak lies, they conceive mischief, and bring forth iniquity, they hatch cockatrice eggs and weave the spider's web. Now, a cockatrice is, a, is another name for an adder or, uh, and uh, a snake, okay? Uh, so they, they hatch cockatrice eggs and weave spider's webs. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and that, that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity. And the act of violence is in their hands. The works, in other words, uh, testified against them. It showed, showed that the reality of their iniquity and their defilement and, and uh, their perverseness. Um, they'll give us a seven. Their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they have not... Uh, they know not, and there, there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Now, let's get down to verse 12. I want to use verse 12 also. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee. This is uh, 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 the prophet looking toward the Lord. He said, our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, we know them. We know them. Um, so uh, the evidence is there. There's a observable proof. And uh, we know that sin affects every person's character. Now back to our, our, our passage there in Romans 3. At, let's read verses 10 through 12. Then I don't want to come back and take a look at this in detail here. Verse 10, we've read one time before. Let's, let's read it again. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. Uh, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. Um, our character 
defines what we are, doesn't it? Uh, sin affects every person's character, and our character defines what we are. No one is righteous. There, in other words, there's, there's none without sin. No one is perfectly right. Job 14, verse 4 says, Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. <laughs> Ecclesiastes seven twenty, For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Now these are all things the Jews should have done. I mean, they, they were recorded of old. And the Old Testament says they're not, they're, there's none righteous. Proverbs 20, verse number 9, So who can say I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. Is there anybody? No. Who made us clean? Jesus. The blood, only the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And, uh, so no, no, one, no one is righteous. No one fully understands God. Uh, listen, all of us conclude things about God using our finite and sin-cursed reasoning. Did you ever have any thoughts about God and you come out later after studying the Word of God and found out, well, that just ain't so. I had that wrong. We all have. <laughs> At some time or another, we, 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 had, uh, we had wrong thoughts about God. And uh, no one fully understands. No one wholly seeks after God. Not wholly. Uh, all seek for their own reasons and benefits. You know, some people seek God for particular reasons. You may not have the same, same reasons as somebody else that you were seeking God uh, during the, the time before you got saved. Uh, but you know, if it hadn't been for God seeking us out, none of us would have gone seeking after Him. We just wouldn't have. He came seeking for us first. And He came to seek and to save that which was lost according to Jesus Christ. He, that's what He said. He said, I've come uh, uh, seeking to save that which is lost. No one stays on track 100% of the time. Even, even now, we all waver, don't we? We all have a tendency to wander uh, from time to time off the narrow way. And we have to confess our sins. And if we confess our sins, we know He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and get us back on the track. We all have to do that, including your pastor. You know, I don't get it all right all the time. You know, uh, no one is profitable to God. No one, you know, there's no one that impresses God except for His Son, Jesus Christ. And, and the only thing that He's impressed about in our lives is His Son. When, when He sees His Son, no one does good 100% of the time. No one. People might do single acts of goodness but never 100% throughout their entire life. And even the goodness that the sinner does is tainted. Even the goodness that we do, we do a lot of times for the wrong reason. Uh, Isaiah 64, 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Now, uh, that kind of knocks you down a notch or two when you feel pretty good about yourself having done something good, doesn't it? Uh, well, if you've done it for the, God, for the glory of God, that's one thing. We're, now that we are saved, we can do things for the glory of God. But uh, when we were before we knew Christ, all the good that we did didn't amount to nothing. 
And it, it, it wasn't really good at all. Sin affects every person's character. Uh, second thing we find in verse 13 and 14 is uh, sin affects every person's conversation. And we're talking about our speech. Look at verse 13. Their throat is an open sepulcher. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever smelled uh, death before. It's a, it's a bad smell. Uh, but that's what he's talking about here. The throat, a, a sepulcher is a grave. Their throat is an open sepulcher with, with their tongues. They have used deceit, the poison of asps or, or snakes, uh, as a type of snake, is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Think about this. Sin affects every person's conversation. And when our conversation's not right, what's the problem? The problem is sin, isn't it? It just is. And our speech, what we say, says a lot about uh, what we are. And uh, you can find some of the same, I'm not going to turn there, uh, but in Psalm 5 and verse number 9, some of the same terminology here uh, uh, is used in the Old Testament. Again, uh, what I've, the reason why I refer to the Old Testament there and why Paul is referring to it here, the, he, he knew they would be familiar with these verses. And it was like, you should have known. <laughs> David recorded it. The you know, psalmist recorded it. Uh, so uh, it, it's there. The, the unregenerated sinner's mouth is like a putrid open tomb to God. Uh, thank God we're, we're, uh, we're born again. Uh, but sometimes our mouth is not pleasing to the Lord either, is it? Look at James chapter number 3. James chapter number 3. <clears throat> we see um, the half-brother of our Lord uh, uh, talks about the, the tongue. We're not going to take a look at the whole thing here about what he has to say about the tongue, but I just want to uh, pick up in verse number 8 and, and look down to verse number 12. Uh, Verse, verse 8, But the tongue can no man tame. Now God can tame it, but no man can tame it. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we curse, curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Now you know this is true if you're on Facebook, right? Somebody be talking about Jesus before you know you read, read down some of the other posts and man, they're using God's name in vain down there. You know, it's like where in the world did that come from? That ain't, that ain't right. Or they use some other, some other kind of, of cursing that is there. Look at verse 11. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet uh, water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. <laughs> and then it goes on to talk about uh, our conversation. Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness with of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but it's earthly, sensual, devilish. For envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above 
is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So, you know, uh, let's not be like the ungenerated. Uh, let's let's uh, have our our tongues controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we're, as I mentioned this morning in this morning's message, you know, we if we were all controlled by the Holy Spirit like we ought to walk, there would be no disharmony among us. We'd be in, we'd be like the early church in one accord, in one accord. Uh, because the Holy Spirit's not going to go against Himself. Um, so the un- unregenerated sinner's mouth is like a putrid open tomb. The unregenerated unre- sinner's tongue is used for deceit. Um, in other words, to lie for gain. Um, the unregenerated sinner's purpose in conversation is to hurt, poison, and kill with the tongue like an asp, a deadly snake. The unregenerated sinner's mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their, their foul mouth may be hidden or suppressed, but it is still full and saturated. So sin affects every person's character. Sin affects every person's conversation. Back to our passage of Scripture there in Romans 3, and let's pick up in verse number 15 and see sin affects uh, every person's conduct. Verse 15, their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. We're talking about the unregenerated sinner. Uh, Sin affects a person's conduct. Man's actions, in other words, what he does, says a lot, a lot about what he is. Remember when Jesus walked the earth, he said in Mark 7, verse 21 through 23, he said these words, he said, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these things come from within and defile the man. The, the, a man that is a sinner, these things come out of the man. Mankind loves murder more than life. I mean, just consider in these days that we live in. Consider how cheap life is considered. Um, abortion, as well as other murder. Uh, yeah, we were expecting a red wave. That was the that was the the talk about this election, a red a red wave. You know what I believe stopped the red wave? <clears throat> People love <clears throat> they want the the ability to kill their babies. They want the ability to kill their babies. M- mankind loves murder more than life. Uh, they have cheapened life with abortion, killing babies, and calling it a choice, and saying, "Well." You know, it's the woman's choice with her body, yet they deny science that says that the, the body of the baby has got a separate DNA from the body of the woman. That's not her body. It may be inside her body, but it's not her body. It's not her choice to do that. And uh, I believe that uh, that is one of the things, one of the reasons why we see such uh, lawlessness in our land and such... Uh, such a poor 
um, outlook toward life, period. I mean, you know, if you are, are, will kill an innocent baby, what won't you do? What won't you do? Uh, so mankind loves murder more than life. Man, mankind lives, his, his lives are full of destruction and misery. Mankind's lives are full of destruction and misery. No real or true joy. Uh, they, they mock joy. Just look at history. History is full of destruction and misery in it. It just is. Uh, all through his, history. And what does it come from? It comes because of sin. Comes because of the universal problem that man has. Sin can only bring forth destruction and misery. They have never known real peace. So it says there in verse 17, the way of peace they have not known. Uh, they're always chasing after peace and things that ultimately disappoint. Um, they have no fear of God. And listen, a fear of God is the only thing that restrains sin. That's the only thing that restrains sin. And I can prove that from Scripture. Proverbs 8 and verse number 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Somebody who fears the Lord is going to develop a healthy fear, a healthy hate of evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. You're going to hate the things that the Lord hates if you have fear of the Lord. Proverbs 16 verse 6 says, By mercy and truth... Iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. How, how, what is the answer to evil in our world? Well, it's for folks who come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. When they begin to fear God, then they'll depart from evil. They're not going to depart from evil until that point. All that the unregeneration person is, says, and does is tainted. It's affected by sin, totally depraved or, or ruined. <laughs> uh, yes, people are different in degree of sin. I, I know that to be true. Yet all still are sinners and all have sinned. Therefore, all need a Savior. You have your sophisticated sinners and you have, have your you know, unsophisticated. But sin is sin. Whether it's a... Uh, whether it's out and open that men can see uh, or whether it is in the heart uh, that men cannot see. What's the verdict? Well, back to our text here. Verse 19 to 20. The verdict is guilty as charged. Verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law. That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Is it condemned, lost, guilty, ungodly, without hope? <laughs> uh, and, and don't forget, there's no getting off on the technicality either. You know? If you're going to be under the law, uh, the law uh, indeed uh, sentences you to death. It is at this point that the defendant is going to need a good lawyer. He needs somebody who will know the way out of this mess, but listen, the only way out is death. Wages of sin is death. But, don't you like that but? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, the punishment of sins 
whatever sin you're talking about is death. But thank God we have our advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous, who advocated for us on on advocated on our behalf with his own precious blood. Amen. Interceded on our behalf. So where can a sinner turn? Can the sinner turn to the law for help? Well, no, verse 19 concludes the law. If you turn to the law, it's going to condemn you, right? Look at verse 20. Therefore, by deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Talking about in God's sight. What part of no flesh do you not understand? Is what Paul is getting at to his fellow, fellow Jews. So for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So see, the law was designed to make us aware of sin. The law was designed to shut our mouths regarding our innocence. Oh, you think you're innocent? Let's 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 compare you to the law. Yeah. The law was designed to condemn us. It was the law that demonstrated our guilt that would be the Worst place that we could turn to for help, turning to the law. In fact, uh, the Jew, uh, when he saw himself a sinner, should have uh, immediately turned to look for the Messiah. The Messiah was the one promised to, to give a remedy for sin. The only place we can turn to is to the righteousness of God, Jesus Christ. Right when the sinner is condemned under the authority of the law, the righteousness of God apart from keeping the law is manifested. And that's what we're going to be taking a look at next in our passage. That's what the, the rest of chapter 3 talking about. The righteousness of God apart from the law, apart from keeping the law is manifested. This is not something unexpected. In fact, it was prophesied that He would come. And Genesis 3.15, all the way back in the Garden of Eden, uh, the the uh, uh, the seed of the woman was was prophesied, and uh, uh, that he was going to uh, bruise. Uh, let me read it. In Genesis three fifteen. I now will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Uh, and then uh, Galatians four and verse number. 4 and 5 says this, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Jesus did what we could not do. He kept the law in its entirety. Amen. And being in Him, the law is fulfilled. Uh, Justification is what we get out of that deal. The righteousness of God rests in the person, Jesus Christ. It does not rest in some religion. It rests in a relationship with Christ. Justification is activated completely by faith. We believe. It's not legislated. There can be no law that legislates a way that we could have life. could not be that way. Justification Pardoning occurs only when requesting mercy and grace on the basis of Jesus Christ's full payment made for our sin. Praise God. Amen. Aren't you glad? When you think back to when you were under the law and what the law did for you and then to think 
what what Jesus did. Um, just want to turn real quick to um, Romans chapter number five and verse number one. Therefore, being justified by faith, we, we, so we believe in what Christ has done for us. That's that's faith. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Though we deserve death because of our sin, Jesus took our death on His cross. And in Him, we have life. And we not only have a life, but we have it more abundantly. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank You tonight.